Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi there, brave, bold, brilliant. So what I want to talk to you today about is how having a action plan is so important in uh, your business life, your career, whatever it is you want to achieve. So here's the thing. When you have spent some time thinking about your purpose, your vision, you know, you've answered a lot of those really challenging questions about why am I here in this world? What do I actually want to achieve from life? What legacy do I want to um, leave for my kids? And you're really clear on your purpose. That is absolutely brilliant because without that, you can end up being incredibly directionless and just kind of, you know, floating around, if you like, without actually having, you know, clarity of what it is you're trying to achieve. But then the hard work starts, I think, after that, because if you have a clear vision and a purpose and you understand all of that big picture stuff, what you then need to do is back it up with a really clear, actionable plan. And this is often where I think people can fall down sometimes because, you know, it's almost where the hard work starts. And so what I want to talk to you today about is one, why is it so important to have the vision and the clarity in the first place? Two, that's great once you've got it, but how do you make those dreams a reality? And, you know, we all know that there are so many people in this world that never really fulfill their true potential. And the, the, the statistic is something phenomenal. It's like 95% of people never really live the life they want and, and pursue the dreams that they have. So how do we make sure that we are in and you are in that 5% that absolutely do make stuff happen. They make those dreams a reality. And to my mind, this is all about having a clear, actionable plan that you can put in place for your business, for your life, for your career, um, to make sure that those dreams become reality. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about. And why is it so important? Well, it's so important because we only have one life. You know, we, we literally are here on this planet for a very short space of time. So, you know, why would you not want to fulfill your dreams? But sometimes it's, it sounds easy, but it's not always that easy to do it, is it? You know, and it's really important that we absolutely make things happen, that we can be the people we want to be. You know that I firmly believe you all have greatness within you. It's something I'm so passionate about. I really, um, you know, feel with the, from the bottom of my heart that we can all achieve all of our dreams, no matter what they are, whether it's in business, life, career, you name it, relationships. Um, but you have to have a plan and you have to have an actionable plan that can make that vision and you can make those dreams a true reality. And I feel so passionate about it. So what I wanted to do was share with you my seven step process. 
And I've used this a lot throughout my life, if you like, in business, career, whatever. I've used it most recently in our property business, which, as you know, I have set up with my partner, Chris Buzzertill. But I've used it throughout my business life, you know, and I was, as you know, 25 years in the corporate world running large travel businesses. But this is quite simple and it applies to anything, whether you are a startup entrepreneur, a solopreneur with your own little business, or you might be running a large business. Equally, you might be, you know, sort of somewhere in between. So this is just a very simple process. I love simplicity. I always want to make sure that I can help and advise and, and give some support as to how you can make things happen because without action, it's all just a nice dream, really. And we absolutely have to take action. And once we take action, it's incredible how much momentum we get. And that is really when things start happening. That's where the magic happens. you know. And you have to do it in a way that's congruent to you, that fits with your style. We're all different. I have a different style. You have a different style. And that is fine. You know, and that is great. But, you know, we have to take action because nothing happens without action. So what I'm going to take you through now is my really simple seven step process as to how once you have your clarity of vision and purpose in life, how you can absolutely make that a reality. You can make those dreams come true. So if you haven't got a pen and paper, go and grab one now. You might want to listen back to this video. Um, but equally, you know, just grab a pen and paper, write it down. It'll help you retain. I'm a, bit, I'm, a, I'm a big scribbler myself, so I love writing things down, but it might help you as well. So grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and here I go with the seven-step process to creating a very clear, actionable plan, okay? Step one is assess your street scope out your strategic options. Now, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, isn't there? So you will find that there could be multiple ways that you can actually get to that vision and that dream that you want to make a reality. So you're going to have some strategic options. So start off by scoping them out. And I would absolutely say, you know, you don't have any more than five at this stage. This is the early phase. This is the first step, remember. Um, but then pretty, na pretty quickly narrow that down to three. Okay. Three strategic options. And then step two is about assessing those options. Now, at this point, sometimes it's really useful just to have some really simple criteria and you almost score them. Score those options against those criteria and it will help give you a bit of clarity as to the, the pros, the cons. Um, but if you put a number against it, it can become a bit more clear, I think, in terms of how they rank against each other. You know, and here you might have different criteria. So, for example, it could be what's the upfront investment that you need? Um, what's the speed to market? How quickly can you achieve what you're trying to achieve? Um, you know, how much resources do you have? It could be measuring up against um, what are your competitors doing? And this is where you need to do a little bit of homework, really, and make sure that you can scope out those options and give them a score. And what you need to do then, once you've done that, you've got to pick one. 
you know, and even if you find that quite difficult, and it might be that those three options that you've shortlisted, it might be that they're all quite close together in terms of, you know, how they look, but you've got to pick one. And having that scoring process that I just spoke to you about will help you narrow it down. Um, but you've got to pick one. And I'm going to give you an example, actually, of, um, of this scenario. So, Way back when, uh, when I was in the corporate world, I went into starting up a new venture and it was in Russia, right? And it was when I was at TUI, I was heading up the emerging markets at the time. And we went into that market and what part of my role was to say, well, how do we enter the market? You know, because, and this was when I was at TUI, right? So there were basically three options. The first one was I could have just gone in and bought the market leader, Right now, obviously, with that scenario, high upfront investment cost, but it would give me very quick speed to market and scale. Yeah. The second option was to do a startup, you know, organically create a business from scratch, you know, go out there, set up a team and start a new business. Less upfront um, cost going to take me longer to do that. And maybe a little bit more risk, uh, actually, because you've not got an established business. And then the third scenario was to almost do a combination, what I'd call a buy and build strategy. Now, you might find in your business, some of this might make sense as well. So this is where you essentially buy some smaller players as your platform. So you've got some substance and you've got scale on the ground. And then you use that as a platform to then build from. So again, it doesn't matter I me. Mean, this example I'm giving you is when I was, as I say, um, running the businesses in Russia. But the point is you could apply those principles to anything you're doing. So, you know, you might be starting a property business, for example. You might be thinking, what's the strategy I want to do? Do I do serviced accommodation? Do I do um, buy to let? Do I do HMOs? So there's various ways. You might have a vision of setting up a big property business that's going to give you passive income and it's going to give you multiple streams of, of income over the time and you want some, some equity growth of that. So you might have your kind of vision there. How do you get there um, could vary. You know, and it's going to be different for different people. So that's a different example of how you can apply these principles. But essentially, you scope out the strategic options, step one. Step two, you assess those options. You score them and you pick one. Okay. So step three, then, is about doing the maths. So here is where you start to really get into the grips of your numbers. So it doesn't have to be a highfalutin business plan. Right. It could just be a very simple one page, simple Excel spreadsheet, whatever is right for you. But you need to know what your numbers are for the option that you've chosen. Um, and, you know, so this is a very simple profit and loss account, probably a very simple, you know, how much investment do you need up front? How long is it going to take you to get there? What's your return on investment? Or we often talk about return on capital employed in the world of property, but know your numbers, do your maths. Um, and, you know, in here, you need to allow, in my opinion, a bit of a contingency because not everything will go to plan. You know, in business, in life, it takes um, different twists and turns, doesn't it, along the way? So I would always allow, for example, in our property business, when we're doing projects, we always allow a sort of 10 to 15% contingency so that we know it's almost the old adage of plan for the worst, hope for the best. 
So, you know, know your numbers and having a contingency included in there. That is step number three. And then you can measure against that, right, which is helpful. Step number four is having a clear implementation plan. And by that, what I mean is very often start with the end in mind. Um, So where do you ultimately want to get to? And then break it down into manageable chunks. And I would start with the key milestones along the way. And then from there, I would break it down into the small, smaller actions that you're going to take on a daily basis uh, or your team is going to take on a daily basis. Because, of course, it's important that we've got the right resources around us. But you have a clear plan that you can measure against. How are you doing? You know, are you on track? Are you falling behind? Do you need to make any adjustments? But you know that by doing that, you, if you do one thing every single day for your business, you know, that's a lot of actions over the course of the year, 365 actions, you know, and, and that's going to move you forward. So no matter what scenario you're in, whether you're running, a, uh, you know, whether you're starting something and uh, whether you're just trying to progress a particular project or if you've got a, a bigger business and you're trying to scale and grow, you know, this equally applies. So have an actionable plan. Uh, that you can measure and track progress against. And the other great thing about this is that it makes you feel good as well. <laughs> you know, if you're making progress, you're ticking things off, you feel like you're you're moving forward and you've got something that you can track against, it's going to make a big difference. It also means that you're all held to account as well, you know. So if you're doing this on your own, it's great. You can see where you're up to. But if you've got a team or you've got a couple of people, or you've got a business partner or life partner that's in your business, it allows you to just kind of, you know, keep you true to yourself in a way and keep you on track. So that is fantastic. Now, step number five is all about resources. So we talk a lot, don't we, about power teams. And it's important that, you know, in order to make this action plan come to life, you need resources. Now, that could be resources that you have between you and a business partner. It could be you and, you know, people that are already in the business. Or you might just be starting out on your own, you know, and literally be there with your laptop and your phone. And that's it. But, you know, what this allows you to do is you know where you're heading, you know what your big purpose is, you've assessed your strategic options, you've picked one, you've done the numbers on it, you've got an action plan, but now who is going to be taking the action? So that's what this is all about. So what skills do you need on your team to make sure that you can actually you know, deliver against that action plan. And at this point, I would always say it's great if you can assess your own capabilities, what you already have, and then identify the gaps. And you then need to fill the gaps. And you might fill those gaps either through, you know, uh, it could be part-time people that come on the team. It could be specific, um, you know, specialists in certain areas that can help you. But the sort of resources, you get those in place. It, I mean, one of the first resources I would always suggest is, you know, you need to get yourself a very good virtual assistant or, or, a, or a, a PA because that's going to help you with a lot of the admin and a lot of those kind of things to allow you to focus on the sort of the bigger picture stuff. So I would always recommend that. Um, so that's step number five, put the resources in place. And remember, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we we can be guilty of always thinking that we're the only person that can do stuff, that we're the best at everything. And the, the real strength of a good leader, I believe, is to recognize that you don't know everything. Recruit really smart people, people who are smarter than you in certain areas. Absolutely. And don't feel 
threatened by that, you know, put your ego to one side because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we tend to sort of hang on to stuff and we want to do it all ourselves. Or even in a, even in a, a, any business, to be honest, it can be a bit of a human trait. So the smart thing to do is to recognize that you don't know everything, but just make sure you get the people that do know <laughs> on your team. So that's the key. Okay, so then point number six, we get to this. So this is all about tracking how you're doing, measuring along the way. So you've got your action plan, you've got your numbers. So how's it doing? Are you on track? And this is all about measuring, refining, tweaking, going again. So this is more on a day-to-day -day basis. How are you getting on? And where do you need to make those tweaks and changes um, so that this becomes... Uh, a, a reality and that's what we're aiming to do you've got to manage risk along the way and everyone's risk appetite will be different you know some people will you know be more risk averse than others other people will be more bullish so there is no one size fits all but by able to be measuring and refining and tweaking as you go you are also managing the risks and the opportunities now when we talk about risk in business very often we talk about down, what I would call downside risk. And that risk is often around, you know, protecting the bottom line. It's often about, you know, the uh, thinking more from a negative point of view, if you like. But very often the biggest risk is what I would call opportunity risk. So i.e., what's the risk of not doing something? What's the opportunities that you might miss out on? What are the deals that your competitors might you know, snap from under your nose if you don't take action. So when we talk about risk, it's downside risk, absolutely, but it's also upside risk. So that's worth remembering. But this point six about measuring, refining, tweaking, it allows you to manage risk along the way as well, which is really useful, I think. And then point seven is when you have completed the project, whichever you're on, um, or you've got to the end of a, a really big milestone that you've been trying to achieve, that strategic option that you've chosen has reached um, a completion, then I would always do a final review and wash up. And often this is the stage that, that is missed, to be honest. But it's important because it allows us to reflect. It allows us to look at what went really well. You know, always look at the positives first, I would say. What went well? What were we really proud of? What went better than we expected? And then, of course, we can look and say, well, what were the things that next time we'll do differently? Because that then allows you to continue to grow as a business person, to continue to grow as a business, uh, whatever it is. So, you know, that final review and wash up. And this is great opportunity to engage with the team as well, with your teams and to get their opinions. You know, how have they felt through the process? What's it been like for them? Um, what are their suggestions of improvements? And then the next time, you know, you can take all of that learning with you. And also at this point, I would say it's really important to celebrate the wins. You know, so often we're so focused on where are we heading? And that's great. We, you know, you need a direction. You need the vision. I mean, I talk about that a lot, but let's not miss the journey along the way. Let's not 
fail to, you know, celebrate the wins, the big ones and the small ones. So at the end of a big project, it's particularly important, I think, to really celebrate, pause, take breath, and then, you know, you're, you're really in good shape for the next sort of turn of the handle, if you like. You know, and I think one thing, I, one final piece of advice I would say is that generally people will overstate what they can achieve in the short term, but understate what they can achieve in the long term. So that's just a bit of a watch out. And, you know, certainly I think through my career and business life, I would say that's something that definitely I have sort of, you know, experienced myself. So just be aware of that and um, have a big vision but back it up with an actionable plan. You have to take action. So that is the seven step process. So let me just recap for you. Step one, scope out what your strategic options are. Step two, assess those options against a set of criteria and score them so that you're able to select one that you're going to go with, right? Step three, for that strategic option you've chosen, do the maths, get your numbers clear. What's the plan? And this could be as light touch or as heavy touch as you feel is right for your business, your career, whatever it is, your project that you're working on. The fourth one, fourth step is have an implementation plan that you can track, you can measure against to make sure you're being true to what you want to achieve, that you can tweak and adjust along the way. You can see if you're ahead of schedule, behind schedule and where you might need to make some adjustments. And also when things blow you off track, this allows you to bring it back to what you need to do. Step number five, resources. Get the right team in place, get the right resources available to help you deliver that plan. Step number six, as you are going through this process, measure, refine, tweak against the KPIs, see where you might need to make some adjustments. And then the final step seven is when you are at the end of the project and you've achieved what you want to achieve, hopefully, um, you then do a final review and wash up. So that is my seven step process to having a really clear, actionable plan. I hope it's useful. I hope it's helpful. And you know, all I would say to you is be brave, be bold, be brilliant. Um, so Jeanette checking out, have a fabulous day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Take care, bye now.